Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, brought to you by the TeacherCast Educational Network. If you are in charge of professional development and looking to build an innovative digital learning experience, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we uncover strategies that tech coaches are using to drive their digital transformations one classroom at a time. And now for your host, with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 209. And today, we've got a very special episode. We're going to be talking to you about the 10 things that might be holding your coaching program back. That's right, many coaches are starting brand new programs, but I know you're out there saying, I've been coaching for a long time. What can I do differently? What are some of the things I need to look forward to? And how do I take the success that I've had and change it just slightly, maybe to get a few extra feet forward this year? We're gonna be talking all about that today, but before we do that, I have a special guest returning my good friend, my co-host, Sue Vincent, how are you today? Welcome back to Ask the Tech Coach. Hey, Jeff. Hey, all the listeners. It's so great to be back with you. I've missed you. It has been a wonderful summer. Um, and Jeff has put out so many great bonus episodes and bonus content on the website. But I'm happy to be back talking with you guys and discussing today's topic. It is so great to have you back on the show, Sue. I have missed you. We've gone so far with lots of great content. Please, if you haven't had a chance to check out episodes like 200 through 208, check that out. But Sue, what have you been doing all summer? Uh, we haven't caught up since before ISTE. Yeah, definitely. So um, in July, we um, just spent some time with the family. My family and I went to Orlando, Florida, to Universal Studios Parks, Islands of Adventure and Universal. Had a great time there. Um, and then um, had a couple more weeks off and it was jumping into back to school and we're on track. Here we go. You're already in school, correct? You, you've yes. got teachers in, you've got students in. Am I thinking yes. about that right? Our, um, we have three different campuses, um, one across the river in Indiana. They started about a week and a half ago. And then our ones here in Kentucky, um, Christian Academy um, of Louisville, we started yesterday. So been training new teachers the past couple weeks. So you know, all that good stuff. Well, I am so glad to have you back on the show. We have certainly missed you. And, you know, if you're listening to this on the day that this pops out, we're releasing this on Friday, August August 12th. Um, we're going to be getting back to our normal Friday, uh, sorry, our, our normal Monday schedule. Yes. Um, we do release these every single Monday. Um, we've been putting out a ton of content recently doing a Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule. Hope you've had a chance to check all that stuff out. Of course, you can find more information about this show and others on the TeacherCast Educational Network, heading over to teachercast.net, finding our coaching stuff at Ask the Tech Coach. And you know, Sue, one of the things that I'm proud of, and we're on a mission here, to hit 1,000 members in our instructional coaching Facebook group. Yes, Sue, I think last time close. I checked, we were at like 920 or something yeah, like we're that. We're so close. We are doing an amazing job at supporting coaches. There's so much great stuff out there. And you know, the other day, somebody was posting a, 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 a message basically saying, how do I do things differently this mm -hmm. year, right? Yeah. I, I, you know, we've got people in our group that are brand new. 
We've got people in our group that are um, veteran coaches, but they're starting a new job at a new building, at a new district. But we've also got coaches out there, and maybe you're one of them, that have been doing this in the same building forever, and you're trying to figure out, how do I get that foot up in the door? How do I get more information? How do I build even more relationships? And I urge you guys, head on over to askthetechcoach.com, scroll all down to the bottom. We have not one, not two, but three amazing instructional coaching groups, depending on what flavor of coaching groups you like. We got a great group over on Facebook, has almost a thousand coaches. We got a great group on LinkedIn, has almost 300 coaches or so. And if you're not necessarily a coach, but a digital learning leader, we have a great group over on a new website that just popped up, Sue, called k12leaders.com. And what we're doing over there on that site is we're not really doing coaching talk, but we're doing digital learning leader talk. So we're yes. putting out things in our group and in our in our forums over there. Of how does how does a technology director set their coaches up for success? So no matter if you're a digital learning leader, an instructional coach, a principal, we have you covered and we have a great plan to help you guys out. Head on over to askthetechcoach.com and find out more information about how you can support yourself and your coaching program today. Sue, we have an important question for this week. Of course, this is Ask the Tech Coach. What is the question that we're going to be answering today? So we're going to ask the question of how can I improve my coaching program and be more successful this year? It's an important question. You know, for myself, I've been doing this for 10 years. You've been doing this for how long have you been doing this for? 15-ish. And, and I'm sure at the start of this year, you had a conversation with other coaches, maybe with your administrator, and they gave you goals. And goals are important. But goals don't necessarily say how to be more successful. They're basically benchmarks. I've been asking myself this question ever since ISTI of how can I take what I'm working on right now and be more efficient, be more productive, do things a little bit different here. And so we've got 10 things that we're going to go over today. And you know what? Some of these might be a little controversial, wouldn't you say, Sue? Probably, possibly. Some of these might be ideas that you can easily fix. But some of them you may need to just have a goal and work toward. You might these, not be there yet. Some of these you might have to recruit other coaches. And some of these you might have to have a sit down and maybe ask your principal to listen to this episode, right? There's a lot of different ways that we want to support you here. Um, so let's just kind of start off here and we'll start the conversation. What is the first area that might be holding a coaching program back that we might want to kind of take a look at for this year? Yeah, so if you feel like your program is kind of getting held back, it might be that you as a coach or your coaching team, they might be focusing on every teacher in the building equally versus having a grade level or a subject area to focus on. That's huge. And we're going to talk a few times this episode, I'm sure, about the innovation curve. Yes. And if you don't know what the innovation curve is, the innovation curve is, is a curve that basically brings up, you know, how innovation is adopted, how ed tech is adopted. And the way that the innovation curve looks is basically your first 5%, we call those your generals. We'll talk about that in a, in a little bit. Up to 13%, you have those first followers, second followers, the people that kind of warm up to you. And then you've got this steep curve that goes up to about 23, 25%. And then you get the other people. And, and we'll discuss that a little bit more. What Sue and I are saying for this first one is, yes, as a coach, you got to build relationships with everybody. But you should focus on 
those first 5% at the beginning of the year? Who are the ones that you're going to be successful with? What are the goals of your principal? We'll talk more about goals later. But Sue, I'm sure that you sat down with your administrator. I know I'm looking forward to doing that with mine. And they're going to say something like, this year, I want fourth grade to be better in math. And that might be based off of, you know, test scores from last year or something like that. But I mean, you might be told your goal this year is to help our math teachers get better math scores or do better in math. That's your general. That's those focus areas that you have. Doesn't mean that you can't be talking to everybody, but see if you can get these five teachers under your wing, not necessarily the 35 teachers in the building. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm so excited we're talking about this question because this is exactly what me, myself, my coworkers, my whole team are working on being more intentional about this year is that focus, whether it's myself as the elementary focus tech coach or my coworker as the secondary and then our two curriculum focused instructional people. We have all discussed our focus, whether it's our, generally as a team, what we're focused on as a coaching team, and then what each of us are focused on with technology and curriculum and we have we have some goals that we're looking for and we'll talk a little more as we go along as you know we're being more intentional about doing some walkthrough observations and collecting that data so we have something to go on as we go through the year and it's that focus that it can come from you it should also have administration buy-in um, i know for myself last year i entered an elementary school and after a few days of kind of looking around after maybe a you know half a marking period it's all right i'm going to focus on grades three four and five for these reasons now for me it was simple my building is shaped like a horseshoe i took one of the arms of the horseshoe and even though i was working both sides of the horseshoe this is where i was focusing my stuff and i was trying to get those fifth grade students ready for sixth grade in the middle school trying to get my third grade students ready for fourth grade and et cetera et cetera so have that plan that's going to be a theme today but who are you going to be focusing on so what's the second thing that we'll be holding our instructional coaching programs back well it might be that you as a coach have these goals and visions that you want to accomplish but they might not be lining up with the administration on what they think the coaching program should look like yeah that's a biggie right we as coaches and i see this a lot this comes up a lot in, in a, you know, in our instructional coaching uh, Facebook groups and stuff like that, where a coach sees something on social media or gets an email and says, oh, this application is awesome, or this program just released X number of things. The latest trend. The latest trend, the latest hashtag, right? And all you want to do is to share it with everybody. But is that helping out? And this goes back to our conversation a few shows ago of, you know, really, what is your focus? What is the role of the instructional coach? You and your principal need to be on the same page. You as the instructional coach are the answer for how can a teacher meet their goals? And again, I keep saying this, but we're going to hit this a couple times today, right? Like it's the beginning of the year. The principal gets up and says, this is what I want you to focus on. Coaches, you need to be hyper locked into that because you are the way that they're going to solve those problems. You are the way that they're going to be meeting their goals. If you walk in and say, I'm going to help you keep the principal off your back, out of your room, then you're going to be building those relationships. But if you walk in and go, hey, did you see the latest from Wakelet or Flipgrid or Symbaloo? 
you're not going to be building those relationships. You're, you're not even on the same planet that those teachers are living on. So make sure that you and your administration has a common vision on what that coaching program should look like. Make sure also, Sue, and I know you've gone through this too, your principal is setting up what a coaching cycle coaching program looks like. It shouldn't be that, that coach to get up and have to say how this works. It really should come from the top down. Absolutely. And, you know, and just because it's that latest trend that's coming through, especially you tech coaches out there, you're so excited to share it, but it may not have anything to do with the culture and climate of your school and where your teachers are right now. You could share the latest and greatest from Wakelet, but your teachers have no idea at that point. So use the guidance of your principal together as a team to know what share when. So if we're looking at the first two things, Sue, you know, working with your principal is that common theme. Who am I focused on? What are the goals for that subgroup? How are you, the principal, going to help me set myself up for success? And I mentioned this in our Facebook group the other day. You know, if I as a coach have to stand up and go, I'm coming into your room and I'm going to give you a coaching cycle. Oh, God, it's going to be uphill from there. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to number three, because this is a biggie. We've just revamped some of our resources on this. We just put out a huge um, uh, stack of resources, I will say, on askthetechcoach.com. So what's the third thing that we should be thinking about? So this goes back to what I was saying about sharing for the sake of sharing. You know, maybe you're putting things on your website or that newsletter you're sending out, but it doesn't have anything to do with what those teachers need right there right there at that moment. They're not motivated to read it. So, you know, it's so important to make what you're sharing, whether it be in a newsletter or website, what have you, in a form that's gonna be engaging to them. You know, we don't just send stuff to our students to do for the sake of doing it. I hope we want to engage them as teachers in the classroom. Same thing with coaches. We want to engage our teachers in what we have to show them. Three and four, and we'll get to four in a second, are, are, are basically together. And I thought it was important for this show that we have two on this topic and not just make them one. When you're looking at your newsletter, when you're looking at your emails, everything needs to be designed as what is the principal asking of you? How can I help you? And here are some resources to help you kind of, you know, wet your whistle a little bit like this. I see so many coaches that are out there and they spend hours every single week or month creating newsletters that don't work. And every time I see a coach on online be proud of what they're working on, I kind of feel bad, but I ask the question, is it working? Are people looking at it? Are you keeping analytics? How do you know that the return on investment is there? You're spending time on this. Are people looking at it or are they going? And that's going to basically go into number four. Sue, what's number four here on our list? So, you know, make your newsletter and those materials that you're sharing marketable. You know, again, make the teachers want to read them. Yes. And it's one thing to spend time putting together the flashiest newsletter possible. But again, if no one's reading it, it's that tree falling in the woods, right? Always make your newsletter set up in a way that it's answering the question, how do you help out your your principals, right? So in other words, if your principal is looking for group projects, 
your newsletter every single week needs to be focused on how to do better group projects. Now from there, it can be, how does Google Docs help with group projects? How does Wakelet help with group projects? It could be, how does video help with group? But it's gotta be focused on the fact that the principal's looking for this particular skill, activity, thing. Yes. Here's how I can help you meet that need dot, 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 to keep the principal off your back. Yeah, and I love the phrase we used in writing out the show notes, and you can take a look if you're looking at the show notes. I love the word call to action. Mm -hmm. Have something there that they're want, that you want them to answer and, you know, make it enticing for them to want to answer, you know. Oh, I will come to your room and do so-and-so with you, you know, if you sign up here or if you make this appointment with me. It is that call to action that's important. And I don't know how I feel about this, Sue, but you know, whenever I talk to my principals, I always try to end the conversation with, and please remember to promote me. Yes. You know, that sounds weird, right? Like I'm not yeah. trying to tell anybody how to do their job, but at the same time, if the principal, when they're having their observation meetings, or if the principal, when they're not walking in the classroom is not saying, hey, have you talked to Sue yet? Right? Like Sue can help you with this. That's again a sign that it's going to be an uphill year for you. So you kind of have to feel like you're training your administrator to be your biggest advocate, to be your biggest commercial. But it's so true, right? Like if if a if a principal says, Sue, I want you to do this, and doesn't follow it up with and go find the coach, what what are you there for? Absolutely. That's huge. Because after all you're being told to go fix something that they're looking for. And that leads us into number six, Sue. Yes. Then that's oh, wait, number five, number five, number Sue. Five. We're not number five. Yes. But thinking about those conversations you're having, are they passive or are you having active coaching opportunities with those conversations? Sue, it's the beginning of the year. I'm assuming that you floated in the hallways. I'm assuming that you've gone into classrooms and you've said things like, Hey, how was your summer? Yes. What do those conversations look like? And, and how long do they usually last? They could last really however long that teacher kind of chooses to let them last, you know, <laughs> yes. um, you know, if they're into the conversation. But that's a big part of what I try to do. I've always been a relational person because they're not going to listen to me and be engaged in what I have to share with them. Like we just said, unless I've built that relationship. And that's huge this time of year. In fact, just this afternoon, um, before I got home to record this episode, I was meeting, doing an extended tech training from our previous new teacher orientation with new teachers at one of our campuses. And, you know, we spent probably 15 minutes of that meeting just having personal conversations. What's going on? How's life going? How are you feeling since that first day of school or that first orientation? So building those relationships are, is just big. It's, that's the most important thing. And this also came up in our Facebook group. You know, somebody had mentioned, how do I start coaching? How do I start to do my job in that first month? And, and I kind of took a deep breath, but I wrote back going, don't. Mm -hmm. Don't talk about coaching. Like, those Just things talk. will happen. Hi, who are you? How's your family? What do you like? What are you working on this year? What are your goals? I mean, I, I, I didn't put out a post this year that says, you know, five questions to ask your teachers. I think many of us are above that, but it's, it's having those conversations. I, 
I don't want to be quote coaching at least for three or four weeks. Like I, I'm going to go into classrooms and how you doing? What are you working on? What's the new, what's latest. And maybe I'll start with, you know, let me know if you need anything. Yes. Let, let me know if you need anything, which is different than when can I come and meet with you? Those that, that kind of tagline happens like in October. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Like hopefully by October, you've already done a PD session. Your principal has promoted you. You're, you're in classrooms, you know, breaking down those barriers and walls and stuff like that. But turning those passive conversations into active co coaching opportunities, really, really important. And you know what, if the teacher is just eating breakfast, you want to ask about breakfast. You don't want to say, oh, by the way, did you see this latest and greatest thing from Google Docs? Yeah, exactly. You know, be real, be a person with them first before you're a coach. And that brings us to number six. <laughs> now we're on number six. So number six talks about our district's vision. So if you feel like your program is being held back, it might be because you're not lining up with your district's vision or your school's vision or your principal's vision. You know, that's who's going to get you in the doorway to get with these teachers. And the vision has to line up district-wide with the mission, the vision, all those statements that every district or school has. This is something I had to learn the hard way many years ago, right? I was brought into my previous district as the Google guy, and I made sure that I was wearing my Google certified trainer shirts as often as I can. And I made sure that on my newsletters, I had all my badges because I was hot stuff, right? <laughs> Do you think it worked? Probably not. That goes no. back to that whole relationship conversation. People don't care. The people who are in the trenches, the people who are dealing with fifth graders and parents and no air conditioning and all that stuff, couldn't care less how many badges you've earned. Make sure you're trying to help them with their needs. And I get to, and you talk and I, we, we talked about this, like we are not the bulb changing coaches. But you know what? In the first week, if they need a bulb changed, what can I do to help you out? How can I build that trust? How can I build that relationship? Right. Find them a bulb somewhere. Right. Hey, I know a guy. In October, it could be, here's how you call the guy. Yes. Right. In November, it's, oh, I'm going to email you the support ticket number. But in September, it's, you're crazy busy. How can I help you? Mm -hmm. And if that's the way that you're going to start to to get your generals, great. Because number seven, of course, Sue, is creating those generals. You have got to build capacity in those buildings, whether you're in one building or four buildings. Build capacity, create those generals. How do you do that? Well, a lot of it takes some years of experience in getting to know your teachers, but put yourself in a teacher's shoes. What are they supposed to do? Get to know their students, right? Find their strengths. Well, as coaches, the teachers are our students. Find their strength. Build a cohort. That's one thing I'm being intentional about this year is building those generals, finding capacity in my different buildings so that they can, you know, kind of the do the ask three before me rule. And, and, and a general doesn't mean the world's most techiest teacher or the world's best math teacher, right? It's no. it's the person that when they go, this is Sue, she's our coach. 
You're probably going to have at least one teacher that walks up and goes, oh my God, I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you. Can you come into my room tomorrow? Yes. That one. I'll take that one. You right? take and, that one and she will lead right. the way. And, and a general isn't guys like me who's lucky to have somebody else to talk nerd stuff to. It could be, but it could also be the person who's like, I, I don't know how to turn on my Chromebook, let alone 35 that are in my room. And how do I help my kindergarten? Find those people that you're going to immediately latch onto and have those meaningful relationships and making sure that, you know, you always leave those conversations, not by saying, when can I come back later? Because you know that those people always have their door open for you. Yes. You're going to leave by saying, hey, why don't you share that with your friends? Absolutely. You know, the ones who are willing to share and be excited about what you have shared with them. It's the ones that are going to make that 5% on the, you know, in the inclusion curve become 15 to 20% because they're going to say, and I, I, the way I did my building last year was I tried to find one general per grade level. Wasn't successful, but I probably had, you know, in a K to five building, probably had four or five That's that were good. with me on me. I was able to walk in. We just, we just pick up where we left off the last time. And, you know, from there, then you start to get your 20% and then you start to build out all of your stuff. But there's another thing that we can do in addition to having these important one-on-ones. What is number eight here? So, you know, having those conversations, but not letting that be the only conversation about one topic, you know, make it a cycle, make it a regular thing and do follow up with them establish that communication channel i see coaches doing this well and i also see coaches doing this you know well and i mean that by there's a lot of coaches that have a standard letter dear sue thank you for having me in your room today we talked about next time we come in and then that's, those are important emails but you know you send the second one you send the third one people are like oh why am i even opening this Yes. Right. But it's okay to go, Sue, thanks for having me in your class. I loved that thing you did. Now, we're not there to do observations. We're not there to be, you know, writing evaluative emails. So you got to find that thin line between, Sue, it was great to see you. Thanks for having me help the students with. And, Sue, I liked watching you do this. There's a fine vocabulary line. Absolutely. Between writing an evaluative email and writing a, hey, it was really fun to spend time with you today. Yeah. And again, and like I mentioned before, this is something my team and I are being more intentional about. My coworker has been working through the Google Certified Coaching um, modules, and um, she's went through and created just a form for us to fill out as we go through the class. But on that form, we're we're making those positive follow-up phrases, not evaluative, but the uh, what we have liked, and then just we're following that up with an automatic email that's getting sent after we fill out the Google form, and it's going. To, sometimes we can choose to go to the principal, but other times it may just go to that teacher, and then we want them to be reaching out to have those follow-up conversations or continuing that cycle. So we've gone through one through eight and the last two here are kind of personal, right? We've talked a lot about this. Number nine is basically saying, are you keeping data 
from those coaching conversations. What are you keeping? Where are you keeping it? Why, how? I want to ask you guys to do me a favor. Head on over to Ask the Tech Coach. Over the last two weeks, we have revamped all of our data tracking posts. You can now head on over to askthetechcoach.com and download a brand new copy of our coaching tracker. We've got videos on how to do it. It's a free download. Just sign up for our instructional coaching program newsletter. All of that stuff is there. Sue, you and I have talked about this a lot. Why do we want to keep data and how should we be keeping data? Well, data's huge. And we focus a lot on data in my school system. We have a whole job position. One of my coworkers on my team, he's the data guy. And so he, he takes all this data, whether it's um, standardized assessment data or just these walkthrough data um, observations that we're doing with the teacher. He displays it, he puts it together, and then he lets us know how we can follow up with these teachers, what the data say about what they were doing technology-wise, where, where can we go with them next? And, you know, he's a um, huge data studio. That's a huge new app that's um, been a lifesaver. Yeah helps you visualize where you can go next with these teachers when you're coaching them. As data is as important to coaches, it's also important for number 10. And this is the one that I want us to all focus on here. This was something that we talked about a lot last year. We've got many, many podcasts about it. This was a project of mine. Sue, let's wrap this episode up here. What is number 10? What is that one thing that we really should be focusing on in order to push our programs just a little farther this year? Make a plan. Get with your district leadership, your principal, superintendent, and have that plan for what coaching should look like in your district, in your school, and what they should be doing to standardize things in your throughout your entire district. I'm in a district that has coaches in single buildings and we have coaches in multiple buildings. And I know that, you know, you as a coach listening to this might be in two buildings, five buildings. I know we've got coaches that were recently guests on our show here that have had 19 buildings, 50 buildings. Like, I don't know how these coaches get a chance to do this. But one of the things that I always fear is, Let's say Sue and I are in the same district and I go, yes, I'm doing X. And then Sue looks at me and goes, what? I'm doing X, Y, Z, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And I'm going, oh, okay. It's really important that if a district is going to have a successful coaching program, everybody, for the most part, same page, same project, principals all have the same idea you know a principal is not asking me to do x and, and another principal is asking sue to do y or even worse in one building i'm doing x and in another building i'm doing y z and a and b making sure to standardize these things now sue you can talk a little bit about what you're doing you, you've got multiple campuses right yes yeah i have um three campuses and um, and a coworker and I, um, I take care of mainly elementary and she takes care of mainly secondary. So we've standardized that way. And um, we know what's expected point and what's expected on the secondary. And, and then we come together as a two person team to, you know, streamline that K through 12. So we, you know, are on the same page. Talking today about the 10 areas that might be holding your instructional coaching program back. If any of the stuff on here kind of rings true, 
it's okay. We are here each and every week to help you out. Uh, you can find us over at askthetechcoach.com, and we would encourage you guys to check out our instructional coaching network. You can sign up today or on one of our Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups, uh, K-12 Leaders group. There's a lot of different ways. So I think if we can say out of this list that we're working on six of ten, I think we've got a good program. I know that every coach is going to have all 10 out of 10 things working or on that improvement angle. But I mean, things like fixing your newsletter, fixing your, your coaching website, having a common vision, making sure that your principal is promoting you. These are some of those old, dare I'll say, the little things that we can work on now while we're trying to fix and work on some of the longer term things. Absolutely. Yeah. Some of these things don't take a long time. And you may have a shorter path to get there, but other things, your teachers may not be ready for you to coach them through yet. So it may take you a little longer to get yourself there as well as bringing your teachers along. Starting next week, we're going to be getting back on our regular Monday, Monday, Monday schedule and doing it through the year. Uh, we've also got a few other things that we're working on for instructional coaches in the world of video. Our newsletters pumping out each and every week. Uh, sometimes on Monday mornings, sometimes on Mondays and Thursdays, depending on how much content we're putting out. So I highly encourage you guys to not only check out the stuff over at askthetechcoach.com, like, subscribe, but do me a favor this year. Share this podcast with others. We were recently focused. Um, we were featured, I would say, on a amazing coaches blog. Uh, they did like a, you know yes. the top ten instructional coaches websites. We were listed as number two, which. That's I was awesome. floored and honored for. So I want to say thank you to that company uh, for putting us out there. And we've been tweeting out the link to that because I'm really proud of the work that we're doing. And I'm really proud of the work that you are out there doing each and every day in your buildings and in your classrooms. And I can't say thank you guys enough for taking the time to make TeacherCast the home for your professional development. Sue, what's going on with you over the next couple of weeks? Uh, you're still pumping out stuff over on techimaginations.net, aren't you? Yes, I've taken a little time off this summer, but yes, techimaginations.net is there and the YouTube channel, Tech Imaginations. I'll be getting back into my weekly tech tip tutorials, but go check it out. There's lots of tutorials there that are still very relevant, so check it out. If you're looking for more great podcasts, head on over to the Teach Better Podcasting Network over at teachbetter.com. They've got 20, 30, 40 educational podcasts, some of the best ones that are out there. And we are honored to have this show be part of the Teach Better Podcasting Network. And that wraps up this episode of Ask the Tech Coach, episode number 209 on behalf of Sue and everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to Ask the Tech Coach, hosted by Jeff Bradbury of the TeacherCast Educational Network. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach or online at www.askthetechcoach.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.